The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began to look at the topic of being dead in trespasses and in sins. We've begun to see that dead means dead. It does not mean a little bit alive. In fact, being dead means that there's no movement, no desire, no thought, and no activity whatsoever in the realm to which one is dead. If we are dead spiritually, that means we are separated from God. So what's the remedy for those who are spiritually dead? Do they have to work up the desire within themselves somehow to come to Jesus? The answer is no. The answer to being dead in sins is, but God. But God himself made the difference. Join us today as we conclude this sermon on being dead in sins. But first, we hope that you'll enjoy this song selection. Here the dying 
processes. Look at verse 3 again back in Ephesians. He said, he said, we fulfill the desires of the flesh and of the mind. You know, the desires of our mind. There was a time when God looked down upon men in Genesis chapter 6 and every imagination and thought of his heart was only evil continually. Now, praise God, we don't seem to be quite there yet, but that's what it looks like out there. The imaginations and thoughts of his heart, of our hearts, are only evil continually. And I can promise you, in the dead man's heart, in mine and your heart, when we were not born again, the thoughts and intents of our heart were only evil continually. It was about the lusts of our flesh and the lusts of the mind and the desires of the flesh. We're told that being carnally minded is death. To be, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But when you don't have a spiritual nature, when you're dead spiritually, you don't have life and peace. And you know that means that the dead can't exercise their will within the realm to which they're dead. You ever talked to a, a dead man physically? You ever walked up to a casket and said, hey, I'd like to talk to you about that $20 you owe me. <laughs> Not going to say anything, is he? <laughs> Do he ever talk back? If he's ever talked back, either you got problems or, I don't know, something else happened. <laughs> you see, the dead can't exercise their will. As a matter of fact, over in Romans chapter 9, verse 15, he puts it this way. He says, For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And I love that statement of the doctrines of grace right there, the doctrine of election, the sweetest statement you will ever find, because you will find that the doctrine of election is about grace and mercy and compassion and not about wrath. But verse 16, So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. You know, we read about over in John chapter 1 some people who received Christ. Turn with me over there just for a second and let's look at that. In John chapter 1, the great statement he begins with there is about 
Jesus being in the beginning with God. He was the Word, the capital W Word. In the beginning, He was with God and He was God. And, and then He comes on down to verse 12 and He says, But as many, or verse 11, He says, He came unto His own and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Now look at this. It's the receive, He says, Some received Him. And, and those, he, he defines it further. He explains it in this same verse. He said, those that received him are those that believed on his name. Okay? So we've got some people here that received him. They are those who believed on him. But notice what verse 13 says. Something has happened to them before they did that. Which were born. Not will be when they receive or believe. Not not our being born, which were, past tense, born. And here's how they were born. Well, here's how they were not born. Not of blood. They didn't inherit it, nor of the will of the flesh. They didn't work it up inside them, nor the will of man. Nobody else got it for them, but of God. You see, that kind of leads us to, to what you know, from where we were to where we are. That little phrase, but God, means so much in our lives. It should mean every. It means everything, and it should mean everything to us because you hath he quickened who were dead. So we were in a dilemma, child of God. We were in a place where we had no sense of spiritual life. You know, 1 Corinthians 2 and 14 says, The natural man, that is the one who has only been born in nature, has never been born spiritually, born from above. The natural man, what does he do? He receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. The natural man is dead in trespasses and in sins. The natural man is spiritually dead. So what do we do? What's the dilemma? We're in a dilemma here, child of God. In nature, we are dead. What is the remedy? Is the remedy for us to do something? We just found out that we can't do anything. Is the remedy for us to, to make a choice or to exercise our will? We just found out that you can't operate your will in the, if you're dead spiritually. You can't operate in any way in the spiritual realm. The dead man cannot even respond to a stimulus. You know one of the ways they determine whether someone's dead? When they take them, when, they, when the coroner shows up, they'll take a pin sometime, a pin and prick his heel or prick someplace on his body, see if he responds. Yeah, dead man doesn't respond. I've used this example many times, but, you know, if somebody died in my basement and, and you go to the top of the stairs and say, come on up, I've got, I've got peach cobbler pie for you, you know, that's, that's my favorite. If I, were dead, if I were in my basement and Sherry said, I've got peach cobbler pie, I'd jump up and run up the stairs. <laughs> But I wouldn't if I'm dead, you see. You can go to the top of the stairs and say, the house is on fire, you're going to burn up if you don't get up and come out of the basement. But if you're dead, you're not going to respond. The dead man cannot respond to any stimulus. We are in a dilemma, child of God. We're in a place where we have no hope within us. What is the remedy but God? 
But God, look at verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us. You know, that little phrase, but God, means everything to us. Because it's all of Him. If it weren't for Him, we'd have no hope. We, all we would have are those righteousnesses that are like filthy rags. We'd have no ability to come to Him. You know, the Bible tells us in John chapter 6 and verse 44, No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me draw him. He says, Praise God, I'll raise him up at the last day. But no man can come to Him upon His own volition. He tells us over in John chapter 5 and verse 40, I believe it is, He looks at those Pharisees, He says, And ye will not come unto me that you might have eternal life that's not an invitation child of God that's an indictment in our flesh we will not come to him but you heard brother Ricky Harcrow those of you that were here yesterday <laughs> he said people accuse us of believing that God drags men kicking and screaming into heaven whether they want to go or not <laughs> but I want to tell you beloved Psalm 110 and verse 3 says thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power <laughs> I've never seen anybody yet that came up to, he never, nobody's ever come up to me and said, Preacher, I've got the worst case of eternal salvation and I can't get rid of it. What can I do? No, beloved, those that are born again, those that are children of God, they're rejoicing in it, you see. But God, look where we are now. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. I don't remember the exact verse address over there in 1 John, but he tells us this. He says, we love him because he first loved us. For his great love, wherewith he loved us. Now, when was it that he did something to help us out? Was it when we got good enough or when we helped ourselves? Was it when we reached a certain level of our progression, our evolution spiritually? He says in verse 5, even when we were dead in sin. Even when we were dead in sins. You know, it's so important that we understand that we owe it all to Him. Because it wasn't when we got good enough. It wasn't when we made the better, started making better choices, started living in a better way. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us or made us alive together with Christ. And it's almost like here Paul just couldn't help himself. He was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I know, but it's almost like he just couldn't help himself. By, he inserts this parenthetically, by grace are you saved. <laughs> by grace you're saved. He says there was a time when you were dead. And by the way, if you look back up there, I want you to notice something about verse 3. He said we were by nature the children of wrath even as others. By nature. He didn't say we were the children of wrath. Praise God for that. We weren't children of wrath. He said over in Romans chapter 9, he talks about children of wrath. He tells us about God who is willing in verse 22 of Romans 9 to, make his, to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. There's some vessels of wrath out there, but there's also some vessels of mercy. Look at verse 23. And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. The vessels of mercy didn't prepare themselves. He afore prepared them unto glory. And by the way, something, one thing we get accused of from time to time is believing in something called double predestination. I know I've harped on that a lot here. 
to make sure we understand that's not what we believe, that God predestinated some to heaven and he actively predestinated others to hell. <laughs> Let me tell you, beloved, we don't need God's help getting to hell. We were headed there on our own, but we needed God's complete grace and mercy to get us to heaven. That's what election is all about. That's what predestination is all about. It's about God, back in verse 15, having mercy on whom he will have mercy and compassion on whom he will have compassion. You want to know what election is all about? It's about the mercy and the compassion of God. As Brother Ricky Harcrow said yesterday, he said people think that election is what cuts people out. No, beloved, election cuts people in. <laughs> That's the only thing that does because we cut ourselves out in Adam. Adam cut us all out, and we continually cut ourselves out. But praise God, but God, who is rich in mercy, took care of us. And hath raised us up together, back in Ephesians verse two, chapter 2 and verse 6. And hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, that's where we are right now. Yeah, that's where we were yesterday. We were in a heavenly place with Christ Jesus. And as we bring this to a close, let me just tell you, it's even better than that. It's terrible where we were, but God made a difference and put us to where we are. But I want you to see where we're going. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Beloved, what we have here in this life does not end with our death. What we have here in this life will go, it's, it's gonna, what, we, what we have in the life to come is much better than what we have in this life. We have something waiting for us that is in the ages to come. And he will show us the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Our prayer request list is not getting shorter. Our prayer request list every week is getting longer and longer. And I continue to hear about tragedies and troubles and trials. And I'll tell you something else. Life is afflicting me as well. I'm not getting better and better. I'm not getting stronger and stronger. I was talking to Brother Richard Norris uh, uh, the other night. And he said, you know, I, can find, I find myself getting weaker. <laughs> I'm not getting stronger and stronger. My, my bones are not getting more able to, to uphold me. In fact, if you read over there, in the 12th chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes, he'll tell you in, in metaphorical form about getting older. <laughs> the eyes get dimmer. The teeth get to falling out. You know, I went for all, I was so proud for the first 35 years of my life, I had never had a cavity. Never had a cavity. And I, I bragged about it. First 35, 40 years, Sherry, would, you, don't, you don't brush your teeth enough. I ain't never had a cavity, you know. You know, I've got about four new teeth in my head right now because I've had all I've had is cavities, seem like, lately. I brush my teeth now, don't get me wrong. I brush my teeth right, but, but my point is this, is things aren't getting better and better. My teeth are getting weaker. My bones are getting weaker. My body's getting weaker. And one day, one day, I'll either have some chronic disease that will bring me down to my death, or I'll experience just old age and my body will expire. You know, all the world can offer me is life is hard and then you die. That's all the world can offer us, isn't it? But I tell you what God gives us, 
He says in the ages to come, he's going to show us the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. You know what my great hope is? It's the same hope Paul had over in 1 Corinthians 15. They're talking about the body and talking about all the troubles and trials of life. And you know, those Corinthians had gotten to where they didn't believe in the resurrection anymore. Paul got to telling them about what the resurrection was all about. He got to talking about the body. And he tells them in verse 42 of that chapter about the body. He said, it is sown in corruption. When we lay these bodies in the earth, the corruption process begins. Eventually, these bodies will disintegrate in the ground. There will be nothing left. You know, there are some people that Take 9-11, for example. Their bodies were obliterated by those planes and that heat. Those that have been buried at sea, that always used to bother me. They'd dump them in the, you know, they die at sea and they slide them off into the water. And I think, man, that's awful. Nobody knows where they are. But somebody knows where they are. That body is sown in corruption. It'll be raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. You know, I hate to see the condition that some of our loved ones get in before they die. Sometimes we'll go to the funeral home and I hate to even look at the casket. But beloved, it does not bother me because ultimately I know that's not the body they're coming back in. We, our bodies, I've told my children, our bodies may get in. There's no telling what kind of condition our bodies may get in before death. Don't let that throw you off. Because what you see sown in the ground is not that which will be raised. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. He goes on to tell them, I show you a mystery. Verse 51, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. When this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? We're going somewhere, child of God. We are not where we were. And where we are is glorious if we've been born of the Spirit. And by the way, you want to say, well, how do I know if I've been born? Is your heart tender? Is your heart tender toward the things of God? Are you interested in the things of God? You know, one of the things that we get accused of, as we know here, is that they say, well, you believe that... uh, 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 you believe there's somebody out there in the world that uh, wants to go to heaven, has a desire for Christ and would long to be there, but can't go because they weren't chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Beloved, that person does not exist. <laughs> That's a fictional character. Those who have a desire for Christ, those who, have a, who are not at home in this world, beloved, those are the ones that have, they're in the place of having been born of the Spirit and they are going somewhere. We are going To be with him throughout eternity. And so, days like yesterday, which had to end, one day won't end. Days like today, when we're together, even a small flock here, there won't be a small flock. There'll be a multitude that no man can number. 
And it's all because of the little phrase, but God. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together in Christ. By grace you're saved. I hope this has been encouraging to you because I sure needed to hear it this morning. And I appreciate your kind attention. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.